Doggy, it's time to poke your ass off. Poke my what? Your ass off. Oh, okay, that's even worse. It's our uh, Oktoberfest edition of Radio Mofo. This is the really the first one of these that we've been able to record during Oktoberfest. And uh, probably the most sober that both of us have ever been during Oktoberfest, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some legendary drunken times back in the day. It's really not like the old days where it lasted like a solid a solid week. And I mean, I know I, some of it was basically because the city went to Oktoberfest in town was is actually Oktoberfest USA. It's a, it's a business. When the city yeah. went to them and said, hey, we want some money to clean up the mess of this four-hour parade and for the cops and cleaning up the puke downtown. And they basically said, well, hey, we bring, you know, couple hundred thousand people to town kick rocks we're not paying you so the city said okay we're just gonna shorten your permits to like what is it four days now five days no it's like you know the, the local police put a lot i mean they really clamped down you know and you know they're just like yeah they're they're tired of all the drunken idiots because there's like thousands of people that come from out of town to lacrosse just for this just to get drunk and shitty and Thursday night, there's already reports of like fights and stuff around different places. Oh, God. people getting, I mean, getting hammered right out of the gate before the first. You know, an Oktoberfest was started decades ago to be more of a cultural celebration. <laughs> and then it de evolved into a drunken shitstorm. Okay. And, you know, there's been efforts to try and pull it back. I'm calling bullshit, and I have always done this when they say. Oh, we want to make it more about heritage and everything. Okay. So we're going to start off with the tapping of the golden keg. We don't want it to be about drinking, but we're going to start with that. Yeah. And then there's drinking during the parade. There's drinking during the concerts and stuff at the fest grounds. There's, I mean, let's face it. You're, you're not going to take away the drinking culture. from. It's just no, but all you can do is tighten it up. Yeah. I mean, it's like when they, it got bad when you when you drive through campus and you'd see like a random person passed out on somebody's lawn or Oh, I I can guarantee that there is not a tree across that was unsprinkled the last few nights. And the, the parking ramps were almost like Grand Theft Auto at bar time, like the I mean there's like bumper cars and I think the cops just kinda I don't know. They they waited till people actually made it out of town to start pulling them over because it was impossible downtown when they shut down. Well, yeah, they they bring in sheriffs and all kinds of like other law enforcement and whatnot. But I mean, the parade is fun. The one the one group, and I don't. I want to say that it's. I think it was actually UWL guys. They had a house uh, about halfway down the parade route, and they weren't actually in the parade. But it was a bunch of band guys, I think. And they would just hop in the parade with a bunch of old, like, beat-up instruments, wearing weird outfits and stuff like that, and just uh, turn into their own marching band. I think you you must have seen them before. Oh, probably. There's like this two- year, they, there was only 100 units. Yeah. Because you remember to- back in the old days, in the radio days, there was over 300 units, plus there was a pre-parade. And that, that's when the parade was four hours long. Yeah, and theres I don't know if there's still people that camp out the night before for their bots. There used to always be that weird-ass school bus that would show up in the station lot with like a 
upper deck like rooftop bar built on the top of it oh yeah yeah and yeah i mean because um, that's usually like on the on the causeway once you get over the viaduct where all the really heavy drinkers are the first time i actually the first half of the parade is well as i say the first half of the parade is usually families and then you cross that viaduct and that's where the third circle of hell be yeah that's where you've got people with pegs sitting there in the back of pickup trucks and stuff like that but like the first time i went to people the... trying to hang or hand you jello shots yeah yeah, you you can't make it through the parade if you're on a float without getting some kind of stuff passed to you. Um, but the first time I went to parade, actually, I went with a bunch of people from school. And my, we, we all thought, we're going to get there really early. So we got there at like dawn and got a decent spot. But the problem with that was like half of our group ended up so hammered that we had to actually like find a way to get them out of there like actually my girlfriend at the time was already she was uh the type that liked to cry and get really depressed when she was hammered oh jesus wow yeah so that kind of was a was a buzz kill yeah yeah pro tip though if you're gonna do Oktoberfest, you go to the parade go down to the fest grounds eat something go home take a nap and then head downtown for the night that's that's just something I think everybody needs to know to do. You're, there are very few people that can make it the entire day. Yeah, there's not a lot of folks can do a six-hour straight drinking spree. I mean, like... At least normal folks. I get why they had to crack down on it, though. Because, I mean, like, when they closed 3rd Street and I was working downtown, I saw the worst riot-slash-fight of my life at, at bar time with... You know, people trying. There was one guy that was trying to tear down a stop sign right outside of the bar on the corner of Third and Pearl there, and he's shaking it back and forth. And a female officer taps him on the shoulder, and he just wheels around and punches her right in the face. But to her credit, she got up, kicked the guy's legs out, and hogtied him, and with one other guy, threw him in the back of a cop car by herself. So she just kicked that guy's ass but I mean oh the, my God. the the fights down there I mean I think at that time there was still some you know rumblings about the Coon Creek riots that made national news when oh cars, yeah when cars that's got when they flipped, flipped over, over a cop cars yeah people were burning anything they could find and actually I wasn't there for that I saw that on the news and that's when I decided that I wanted to go to school there <laughs> nice yeah I don't know but the, I mean as far as Oktoberfest memories I worked downtown for a lot of them so I mean we had to do things that we normally didn't do like we we pulled all the tables out no one was sitting we were going to cram as many people in there as we could the drink prices were what we raised all of them we couldn't have any glassware it was all paper or plastic plastic cups we had to take the pool cues mm-hmm. and and the balls out of the bar that was a that was a law or rule during the fest um so you couldn't you know chuck those at anybody and i think we even took out most of the chairs too so everybody just had to stand we had like those big like those big tanks that they used to put cow feed or cattle feed in you know like yeah the, the big metal things that we'd fill up with ice just beer bottles and there'd be just a girl standing there by the door selling them one after another and 
I mean, that was our, that was like our Black Friday was the first Black Friday of Oktoberfest. Jesus. Between that and, and New Year's. Do you have any like particular October memory, Oktoberfest memories that were weirder than others though? Um, I always remember there was that one, one parade, we were on a float and we drank up all of our beer waiting to go. And you and I had jumped off to stop into a quick trip to grab some stuff. We come out and the float's already moving. Down the we're street. just hauling ass down the road, jumping on that thing. That's, yeah, that's a treasure I remember uh, the morning show guy having Keith having a entire bottle of vodka that was gone before we even got the float moving. Before we were well, because even... they got uh, that special Bloody Mary mix from the news guy. And, you know, because he always, he, he kept the recipe secret, but he would make up gallons of it for folks. And our old buddy Keith, back in his drinking days, you know, could pretty much knock back that whole thing by himself. But he would share a little bit with folks, if so inclined. Uh, I think the secret that he claimed to at the time was that it was hangover proof. Like, if you just drank that all day long, you wouldn't have a hangover the next day. But I would think it would be just more like red diarrhea instead i don't know okay i think yeah i remember chasing after the float actually the main reason i remember jumping off the float was i had to pee so bad i was pretty sure i was gonna piss myself in front of a couple thousand people on that float and well i remember that one year we were coming over the viaduct that's where you have to turn all the sound and stuff off yep and i say we jumped off and ran down the the bridge to get to a porta potty right away so we could get back on, you know, and the timing was just perfect. Yeah, and there used to be a, I think there was a rule too that the marching bands couldn't actually like march in step over that bridge because they were concerned that they would take the bridge down. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but as far as like my Oktoberfest memories, it was things like DJing and attempting to try to get to the bathroom was next to impossible. So you had to find a really, that's when I would play a really long song. And we did this at the station too. You play a really long song like Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like I've got nine minutes to get there and take a pee. Let's see what happens. But the we used to go to a little bar that opened at 6 a.m. on French Island called The Mug. All the service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's for the third shifters. Yeah. And all the service industry people used to go there. And the owner, the, the old part that owned it knew we all worked at bars so he didn't care what we did we'd go buy pizzas and use his oven and make our own drinks and he made you know we'd pay for everything we were probably his best customer oh, yeah. mine was going there after doing massive bong rips in the par- in the parking ramp with a couple of guys and we did the old yeah i'll follow you that'll be the safe way to to get to the mud we had walked from somebody's house at six in the morning over to the parking ramp and got our cars, which was just completely stupid driving down there. And then at some point I did must've decided to take a nap on the guy's pool table. And I woke up at like two o'clock in the afternoon and ended up having to drive everybody that was still drinking home. Oh my God. Yeah. So I passed out on a pool. I think I did that more than once actually. Well, I could think of worse places to pass out in a bar. Oh, like the bathroom? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, or in the basement. The worst. Absolute worst thing I ever saw during Oktoberfest. Boy, we're really not making a good name for this, are we? 
Yeah. Um, was when about 10 of UWL football players all thought it would be hilarious to take a dump in the toilet one after another. And, and not flush it. Aww. And our... We used to have, of all people, we had Huber guys that came to clean the bar the next day for a while. Um, and none of them would touch it. We ended up actually tearing the toilet out of the wall and throwing it in a dumpster. What? Yeah. Oh, God. But somebody still had to handle it. Or just yeah, saran wrap I, it tight. I wasn't there. I mean, I... I I heard about it because I was working, you know, at the time, you know, I was, had to make the announcement that nobody can use that bathroom. You're going to have to go over to the other bar, which was really bad. But yeah, I didn't actually know why until afterward when I was told. But Jesus. Football players are weird. I don't know yeah, if that's a, yeah, it's not it's a really the kind of, that's not the kind of team building exercise that I want to be any part of. But you did the parade this year, right? Yeah, so I went with my Shriner group, and literally everything that could go wrong, um, as far as people not showing up or equipment breaking down. At one point, my foot got run over by our trailer. So, yeah, it was just chaos, but we got through it, and we put on a good show, which is the most you can ask for. Um, and we got back to the end and had a tailgate party, and everybody went home happy, as far as I could tell. How fast do those go-karts go? Uh, um, quality of the engine and the size of the body in it, they can get up to about 30-something miles an hour. So you could actually ride that around town during LA street legal? No, they're not street legal. I mean, they're so low to the ground, you get run over by some jag-off and a big old monster truck. Eh, yeah, I but, suppose. I mean, they could... The, the guys that came with, we had like a mini car unit with us, and... They got uh carts with new um basically the body shape is a PT cruiser. Huh. And burnouts with their cars and they had really good brakes. Because they they weren't running a f- formation, they were just kind of fucking around, which they don't normally get to do, but only half of them came. So they just kinda ad lib shit. And they had a hell of a good time. The crowd ate that shit up. Doing brake stands. <laughs> Well, a lot of times they were, I don't know what it is about people just like getting high fives along the parade route by people in go-karts. And so formations and you can't do that stuff because you always got to be paying attention to figure eights or whatever else that they're doing. And you can't interact with the crowd because you're always doing something. And so because they weren't running formations, they could just fuck around and play with the crowd and people loved it. You guys actually practice the formations and stuff? Those guys do. They have to. There's always <laughs> stories like when they bring in a new guy and, and walk through the formations. Just literally walk through it. And, oh, sure. And they'll get in the cars and go through it slow, and then they'll start going up to parade speed. And, yeah, they, there's I've met guys that every time they get into a car, and they, they have gone to other different mini car units, they have an infamous reputation for being the guy that always crashes. Or he'll <laughs> take a corner to, to balances off, and he'll basically flip his car on its side. I'm picturing, or he'll trade paint. I'm picturing somebody running under like the, the a semi and it bursting into flames and some guy running around with his fez on fire. And... No, no, that's that would be awesome. But no, that just, there's usually... 
no other cars on the road. And if there's like a vehicle in front or a vehicle in back, they always give them a lot of space. And that's the most fun that I had doing. They had very specific rules about no stopping for anything. Like marching bands could not stop to do like a formation or do a performance in front of the judges stand. They had to keep fucking moving. Yeah, we and had to that's do that. When I was in high school, we actually did the Orange Bowl parade of all things down in in Florida for our band trip. And we were the only band that the high school kids played continuously for the whole seven mile parade route. We were the only ones that actually did it because of our Nazi band director. Like even the college bands and the other professional ones were like, yeah, we take a break for a couple blocks, but uh, we were pros. I think the most fun though that I ever had doing the the parade was does does spam still do it? Do you know? Does Hormel? I have no idea. Well, one of my roommates' dad used to work for Hormel, and they would bring in this Model T, and we had little metal diecast spam cars. We had buckets of them that were in wrappers that we chucked into the crowd, which you can't do anymore. But we were actually throwing yeah. them in the windows of places where you go over that that one bridge and just checking them at people and then at the end of it actually we had a great big ass grill and we were grilling up spam burgers for everybody which are much better than i would have ever expected now, oh yeah when you're when you're drunk i'm sure it's tasty as hell oh thanks to her dad we had like an unlimited supply of spam and hormel chili at our house let me tell you when you live with three girls and one one other dude and you're all eating hormel chili you lose any attraction that you have to the girls real fast. How so? Uh, when when girls when anybody eats that much hormel chili, there's some after effects. Yeah, fair enough. Like you haven't. Well, I mean, once you're in a relationship, it's different. When a girl destroys a bathroom, like you're like, well, everybody does it. But when you know, you're kind of like, hey, I kind of like this chick, and she blows up your bathroom, and you walk in there, and mother of God. That, then they just become like one of the gang at that point. They're just pals. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Especially if they can out. When I was, was it when I was in college? I uh, my roommates for the year weren't going to be there for the summer, so they sublet their rooms out. And it was these two cousins and friend of theirs. And, oh God, they were slobs. They they leave dishes in the sink until they were like growing fungus. I was wondering what the hell happened to them. Oh, we had the roommate of mine. Live in a trailer park somewhere. <laughs> he actually became a cop, but he would pass out drunk with like a frozen pizza in my pizza oven, and we just used to take the charcoal disc out and literally use a hammer and nails and nail it to his door. Or he would oh, leave. He'd make tomato soup all the time and leave the rest of it that he didn't eat sit on the pot on the stove for days until it was moldy and green, and then we'd end up. We started buying pots and pans at Goodwill because we just ended up throwing so many of them out because they were so gross. Was he a stoner or what? No, he just would pass out. He'd get hammered, think it was a good idea to make food, and then pass out somewhere. Which, I mean, was okay for us because then we got to fuck with him. Are you getting back to Oktoberfest? What's your take on polka music? Fan or not a fan? Uh, in the mood for it, it's kind of fun, but after a while, if you if, if you're not really a musician, they all sound the same. 
I mean, yeah, they literally all a... sound the same unless you you could pick out the melody. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's fun when everybody's absolutely drunk and listening to it because then it's you're not really poking; you're just kind of throwing each other around when you're dancing. It's kind of like a mosh pit to to German music, but I did a wedding once where I actually I had like an opening act. the The dad of the bride was in a polka band. And they played for the first like 45 minutes of the wedding, and then I had to follow the polka band, which was odd. Oh, Jesus. Be like, yeah, all right, we got the uh, polka done. Here's some ludicrous. <laughs> Remember when I was a kid going to wedding receptions, a lot of them were polka bands, you know, because they just wanted some music to dance to. And granted, you know, the, the parents were paying for this shit, and they probably knew somebody. That's usually what it is is like, oh, yeah, I know somebody with a band. Whereas in our generation, I know somebody that's a DJ or has got a DJ equipment. We've got to look it up. There is a small radio station. It's somewhere in uh, like southeastern Wisconsin because I know people that have that have heard this guy that actually has a, a Sunday show that's called Polka Explosion. Okay. <laughs> he does. He does updates on the bands touring the state and talks about like the history of polka and stuff like that. My nightmare was when I worked for the station here in town. I used to have to run a four-hour pre-recorded polka show every Sunday morning. Then the Catholic, to do a, a two-hour polka show myself. Then the Catholic Church ceremony or Lutheran. I think it was Lutheran. I had to sit there and make sure that got on the air because it was rebroadcast from one of the states, one of the churches in town, and they played it in a lot of the nursing homes. But I gotta tell you, if that polka show did not get on the air because of a technical issue or something like that, that was how I knew people were listening because we got complaints of the ass. I don't think I got that many complaints about anything that ever happened on the top 40 station as I did the time that our transmitter froze up in the winter and the polka show didn't get on the air. We just had dead air for like five solid hours. Yeah. Jesus. Just take, yeah, these people were vicious about it. Too. What's well, it they be? live for that, I guess. What's our thing going to be when we get, you know, to the age of the people that were listening? This is probably, we're talking 60s and 70s. Is it going to be weird playing like Move Bitch by ludicrous in a nursing home i don't know but you know i I still think people be listening to like retro music because most shit today is just garbage not memorable i I don't want to sound like an old man but a lot of stuff it doesn't really have a melody or a good hook it's just like i listen to taylor swift okay maybe i don't listen to the words enough but i listen to the music and there's nothing in there that sticks with me we're gonna get hate for this but I really do think every song of hers, I can't differentiate between any of them. They're all kind of floaty and breathy and man. And sorry, Taylor, but I'm, I'm not a fan. She probably wouldn't want us as fans. It's it's that, and she looks too perfect, too, to me. Like, I think she's actually a cyborg. It's, it's possible. Man, we are going to get canceled now, I think. Well, no one pays for this, so it's not like anybody's going to like take away our funding. We really do need to find some sponsors like that. Maybe I can ask that that guy's Polka Explosion sponsors to get in on this. But I mean, I'm just thinking about like what's gonna be like if I if I well that's if I make it to eight. I know like my grandfather listening to Glenn Miller, 
you know, and stuff like that. But for me, it's like I'm going to be listening to death metal and a or punk for dead Kennedys in a nursing home. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be piping Tool through the nursing home. That's exactly what I was going to say. You're going to be that you'll be blasting Tool, especially that one weird song of Tools where it's just a bunch of screaming in German. And isn't it actually like oh. a recipe for for baking muffins or cookies or something like that? No one knows yet. No one those guys. Yeah, probably. It's just they like to do a lot of weird shit, and you know, it just I was somebody was always commenting about like you know the Gen Xers. You know, the Gen Xer men can't wait for the next Tool album, or however long number like five, ten years it takes to come out. I really think that we're turning, I like as Gen X. We're turning into the forgotten generation, though. Like a lot oh, of people yeah. are saying that we kind of fit. What is it? It's I mean, we're, ba- we're basically tucked between the two most self-absorbed generations, you know, on the planet. Yeah, we're so, kind of I, I joked to somebody years ago, we take all the the boomers and turn them into Soylent Green to feed the millennials. <laughs> so we like Soylent Cotto Toast. Yeah, and we're the ones that are t- going to be taking care of the boomers. I, from personal experience, know that. Like, I've worked in nursing homes and stuff, and it's... Oh my God! It's... Remember when COVID came out? I was listening to these people's conspiracy theories, and I'm like, "Here's my theory: This was basically created by the millennials to kill off the boomers to get them the fuck out of the way." <laughs> the scary thing is, we're still we're stuck in in between though, so we're not. I've been called a boomer before, and I'm 44. So, no, I'm not. But I'm not cool enough to be. I don't even want to be a millennial anyway. But no, we're just. No, I don't think anybody can really explain our, our generation other than there's a lot of self-loathing and uh, apathy. And Well, our generation was the first to realize that the American dream was all bullshit because the boomers wouldn't give nothing up. Yeah, and we, it, were, being, it, we were being lied to. Gladly retired at 55 and like, we got through the fucking war. Yeah, and the, go the to, idea go to of town. working. They probably got boomers that won't fucking quit. Yeah, and then you, know, you got, got the idea of a like a dad works, mom stays home. Dad has a job working at Sears, like my grandfather did. And he could afford a house and a and a family of five kids. And that that does not exist anymore. It just can't. Nope. And when people talk, I'm never going to be able to buy a house. I know that, and I'm kind of I'm kind of fine with that though, just because I don't like to be tied down to anything. But yeah, we're so we've managed to shit on Oktoberfest, uh, Taylor Swift, Baby Boomers, polka music. Anything else we want to crap on today? Um, I don't know. Bad sushi. You have a bad sushi experience recently? Well, yeah, I just had some sushi now, and it's very boring. I mean, it's, you know, they, they they put all this, like, mayo, orange glop on everything to kind of cover up the taste that there is no taste. I will say the worst food poisoning I have ever had in my life was uh, crab rangoons. There used to be a a little tiny Chinese place by the, uh, one of the festivals, the one out by where uh, uh, Shakey's used to be the pizza place oh out there yeah there used to be one out there and this lady would make us that ran it would just make us like unlimited huge 
crab rangoons and i have never thrown up so hard yeah, it was I've... coming it was coming out my mouth and nose oh and I was, god I was, I was leaning up a window of my car doing it actually and it was while i was sitting in construction and they were putting down fresh hot asphalt in the middle of the summer i was in a car with no air conditioning i pretty much wanted to die at wow that Wow, that's that's a great way to wrap up this episode, Mikey. Good thing we're running out of time. Yeah, nothing like uh, telling a story about. Vom- well, I mean, if we're going to talk about Oktoberfest, we got to talk about throwing up and projectile vomiting. Yeah, this is like the streets weren't paved with the Technicolor yawn of thousands of people. <laughs> that was the most poetic ending to a Radio Mofo podcast ever.